Hello and welcome to this Heped podcast. And I want to consider how we evaluate utilitarian ethics, mentioning one or two authors as we go along. I'm going to talk particularly about Mill's version of utilitarianism, but let's just be aware that uh, Mill himself is highly critical of Bentham's version of hedonic act utilitarianism. Not that it was labelled as such at the time, but that's how we've come to think of it. Hedonic meaning pleasure-based, based on that idea that you can measure and calibrate the amount of pleasure according to various criteria called a hedonic calculus. And Mill disliked the fact that Bentham's version was a passive version of utilitarianism. In other words, it was in line with the criticism of the time that it was just a swinish philosophy which encouraged you passively to consume huge amounts of chocolate or whatever gives you pleasure and not to get out and be active. Active, that is, in the formation of a character that looked outwards from the self. And secondly, Mill thought it was simplistic because it ignores the social aspect of morality that we need, thought Mill, social rules to navigate by. And thirdly, it was selfish uh, because it seems to suggest that we pursue self-interest. So Mill said in his essay on Bentham, Bentham's theory, I quote, Bentham's theory demonstrates the deficiencies of a system which does not pretend to aid individuals in the formation of their own character. So Mill wanted to form a certain type of character. And he uses an analogy, the analogy of the navigator, to explain his own version of utilitarianism, which in 1953, J.O.Urmson, U-R-M-S-O-N, describes as a form of rule utilitarianism. Mill says, I quote, Nobody argues that the art of navigation is not founded on astronomy because sailors cannot wait to calculate the nautical almanac. Being rational creatures, they go to sea with it ready calculated. Close quote. Now, translating that, what Mill is saying is that if you imagine you're going to sea, you take with you all the available information based on expertise and past wisdom. And a naut nautical almanac gives you the state of the tides, the moon states, and so on, from which you can calculate what your depth will be. And by implication, Mill is suggesting that if a navigator does not go out to sea with a chart, and an almanac, that ship will become shipwrecked. Okay, so extending that analogy, if we then as a navigator find that the datum on the chart does not match what our echo sounder is telling us about the depth, we don't just carry straight on into a sandbank which presumably has shifted. We use our judgment and we alter course. And so by analogy, 
as we navigate by social rules, when we face a moral dilemma, argues Mill, we don't simply blunder on as if there isn't a problem. We use our judgment and we revert to being an act utilitarian. So it's a two-level version of utilitarianism, multi-level, we might say. So the two big objections to utilitarian ethics are the objections given by Bernard Williams and, the, and, and an objection given by J.L. Mackey. Now, the Williams objection we can call the integrity objection. And you can find more about this in the utilitarianism section of the website. But basically, the argument here is, imagine a situation where you are invited to kill one innocent Indian in order to save 19. And Williams argues in this example, which is called Jim and the Indians, for some reason, because the, the person invited to do the killing is called Jim. He says, there are some things we simply cannot do. It offends against our own moral integrity. So we need to navigate our lives according to our own belief systems, our own characters and the sort of people that we are. Now, this is particularly a problem with Bentham's type of ethics, which is rather cold-hearted and just relies on this calculation all the time. But Mill can get round this kind of objection by arguing that if we have a social rule, such as do not kill or never kill the innocent, then it has to be quite an extreme example before we break that social rule. And in fact, the times when that extreme example really exists is in times of war. So Mill might say to, to uh, Bernard Williams, generally we follow this social rule, but there will always be times, extreme times, and the coronavirus epidemic perhaps gives us another example, when a doctor has got 40 people waiting for 20 hospital beds uh, in, in, intensive, in an intensive care unit and can only take, say, half the number of people who are requiring treatment. And they have to, the doctor has to take a choice, even though that choice will cause that doctor all sorts of pain and uh, agonies of moral decision-making. We can't avoid the fact that sometimes we have to make a choice. And so Mill might, uh, as it were, turn the objection back to Bernard Williams and say, look, we have to solve somehow such moral dilemmas. The second type of objection is called the practicality objection. J.L. Mackey says that because consequences are so difficult to calculate, we find it nearly impossible to do so. Indeed, we might say in parenthesis, we're going to need a lot of moral judgment, what the Greeks call phronesis, in order to make such a choice uh, based on a calculation of consequences. Because of this problem, Mackie says that utilitarian ethics brings morality generally into disrepute. 
because it requires us to do things that in practice we simply cannot do. We cannot accurately determine consequences. We might add one more point to Mackie's point, and that is to say there is a certain type of idealism in utilitarian ethics because it requires us, as Peter Singer points out with his preference utilitarianism, to take what Singer calls a universal viewpoint. That is a viewpoint which supposedly treats everybody's interests equally. Now the problem with this, again, is a practical problem, that in reality nobody navigates their moral life like this. We navigate our lives by circles of interest in practice. So imagine that I drop a pebble into a pond and out of that pond, out of that uh, comes ripples, circles if you like, spreading out into the distance from the point that I've dropped the pebble. Right in the centre, the inner circle, we would place our immediate family. The next circle, we might place our close friends. The circle after that, we might place our wider selection of friends and outside of that, our acquaintances people that we know but wouldn't call especially friends, and so on and so forth. So we navigate by these circles of interest. And the Syrian refugee, or the person suffering somewhere in Africa, we place a long, long way away. Whereas, according to utilitarian ethics, we should treat everybody's interests and their happiness equally. So we might conclude that utilitarian ethics is hopelessly unrealistic for that reason. Now you can find more about this in the utilitarianism section of the PEPED website. Go there and enjoy the selection of extracts, articles, a handout and an essay and other resources.